Welcome back, hockey fans, to another edition of This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. This is your host for tonight, Bill Berg, coming to you from the north shore of Lake Superior, just outside the Split Rock Lighthouse. Uh, with me today, um, uh, Bill Berg Jr., Del Scannon, and our guest today is Brianna Seibel, uh, coach of Team Wisconsin, and also the... You told me what the... Stillwater, I, I, I told you like across, four right times. Across, I know, we talked, it's right across the river, just over there, little town. Okay. Uh, Stillwater, Minnesota. Um, and she's going to tell us uh, what, what they've been doing and how they've been handling uh, this COVID thing. Welcome, Brianna. Hi, thanks for having me. So uh, as we were talking about before we got uh, live here, um, Team Wisconsin... Uh, they got to play the state part of their um, spring, last spring, uh, one state, and then they were all set to go down to central districts, and then COVID hit and everything got shut down, and that got canceled. Um, were you guys worried that you weren't going to have your fall season this year? Um. Yes. I mean, when it first hit, no one thought it was going to last as long as it did, obviously. Um, but then we were actually able to have tryouts. They were just pushed back a little bit. So we were pretty confident that we were going to be able to do um, like our training camp and things, which it was very different than it had been in years past, but it went well. Um, but then the biggest thing when we got to the fall season was we were just worried about like spreading the virus. And if our team gets it, we get shut down for two weeks and we have a shorter season anyways. So um, thankfully at the 19th level, we were lucky to get through without any shutdowns or anything. We had one girl that got it right in the beginning and um, she wasn't around the team before she got it. So knock on wood, we got through it and knock on wood, we'll get through the spring too. Um, what was, what was different about training camp uh, last spring? And then um, what protocols did you guys follow during uh, the season this year? Uh, so during training camp, we just um, obviously like try to keep kids six feet apart. There was no use of the locker rooms, things like that. Um, we tried to do like a lot of team bonding and stuff like that, which we, um, you know, when you can't have like kids right next to each other and like breathing in each other's faces, it makes it kind of hard to do um, some of the team bonding activities that you would normally do, you know, like the human knot and stuff like that. So we kind of avoided activities like that. Um, when we were inside doing our classroom and stuff, we just had to have kids spread out and wearing their masks. Um, gosh, I can't even remember. I think that's pretty much like just the general thing is we didn't no parents, which was kind of nice. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, kind of nice, except then you have a whole extra layer of responsibility traveling with a hockey team with no parents. Um, how, I mean, for playing your schedule, was it difficult um, making sure you had arenas to play in? I mean, playing the fall schedule is always semi-difficult because there's only a certain number of rinks that have ice early enough to host, uh, you know, those AAA-type games. But um, I, I assume that was even more limited this year. Yeah, so just to be clear, only no parents at tryouts, but the parents were able to come to the games. Um, the 19s and the 16s play a good chunk of their games in the Minnesota Elite League in the fall, which that ran as normal, other than the fact that 
again, you can come into the rink 10 minutes prior. So we had like a TW tent set up outside and the girls would get dressed underneath that and leave their bags out there and stuff like that. Um, you know, no, no bags. You got to carry everything in like your skates, your gloves, your helmet, your stick. Um, in the rink 10 minutes prior, out of the rink 10 minutes after. But the Minnesota Elite League did a good job securing ice. They did have us playing at a couple new rinks. Actually, one of them was a Stillwater rink, which was nice for me because that's pretty close to where I live. But we had um, some games with the Illinois teams that got canceled just because Illinois wasn't able to travel across the border. I believe someone's going to correct me if I say it wrong. So, um but, uh, you know, and then we had some games down in the Madison area that we had to work around the rinks down there and stuff. But actually, Dave Wooding did that for our team, and he did a fantastic job. So um, hats off to him. We didn't have any, like, empty weekends or anything like that. Well, Dave's been doing it for 100 years, so he should have it figured out by now. <laughs> yeah. I think, he, I think he was around for the uh, Spanish flu back in 1918 and had to work around it then. So he's got experience with it. So yeah. if, uh, Team Wisconsin had a very good run in the fall. Um, and then, you know, that ends and you go back to your, your, your high school coaching life and you've got, you've got no, no hockey to coach over there. Uh, we have, you know, we have hockey here. I've, I've seen lots of Minnesota coaches going all the way back to, to November uh, just on Twitter, posting like screen captures of their Zoom practices. Uh, what have you? I have first off. Have you guys done any Zoom practices, and what does that even entail? Yeah, so we actually met um, with our girls weekly on Zoom, and we just did a lot of system stuff, um, stuff that we would normally like go over on like on the ice when we have a long practice period. You know, like a two-hour practice or hour forty-five minute practice. Um, so we would go over some systems on Zoom, things like that. We do a lot of video going into the winter season. Now that we can play games, we're actually still using Zoom. Like, so instead of doing a chalk talk with our team in the locker room, like we would normally do before practice, we are doing those on Zoom, doing our team videos on Zoom. Um, and we're like printing off all of our systems and stuff on paper and handing them out to the girls, which we would normally do, but it's just like another added it's just another way to like keep the girls away from each other so we can hopefully play as many games as possible this season without having something happen. Um, but actually it's, it's been really nice and it's a nice way to like save time on the ice to go over your, um, we'd like go over the systems on zoom. So we'd say, okay, mon this Monday, we're going to do power play this money Monday. We're going to do penalty kill this Monday. We were going to go over our neutral zone four check or our, regular four check or um, our D zone. And then we'd actually, so when we get into practice, the girls already have seen a lot of that stuff. So it's not like we're sitting there explaining it for 20 minutes before they actually get to get moving on the ice. So it should help us um, give us a little bit of a step ahead of the teams that weren't using the virtual season to their advantage, hopefully. And, you know, I'm glad that once you guys were actually allowed to take the ice, you're still doing that. Um, just, I know working with my local association here, my kids are both in mini might learn to skate this year. And, um, the speed at which if one team has a, a problem or an outbreak, the entire association goes down is remarkably fast. 
Um, they take it very seriously at every level. Um, like my kids are mini mites. I'm the only, I'm on the ice, so it's different. But if I was, even if I wasn't on the ice with them, they're the only age group where parents are even allowed in the building during practice. Um, and that was, that was a hard get from the local, uh, the county health department to even allow parents in the building. So yeah, it's, it's good that you're still doing that, that off ice virtual stuff when you can, because I mean, with one team in a, in a local association gets it, every, every kid who plays hockey has a sibling who plays hockey. That's how hockey survives is we had just, you just keep passing it down from family to family. So like if one team gets shut down, the whole association's going down with it. Yeah, for sure. And also like, I, I honestly think it's a really beneficial tool because you have a team of 20 players and all of them learn differently. And so then they're like getting it on video. They're getting it on. So they're like getting to see the systems drawn up like they would on Chalk Talk. But then we're using like NHL videos so they get to see it in action. And then they're getting it on paper. And then they're getting it explained again on ice quickly. And then they're like getting to um, practice it on ice. So it's actually a really smooth system and a way to kind of cater to all the different types of learners, which is something that maybe like a lot of teams wouldn't have done without being forced to do it, you know? So when next year, for perhaps, uh, if things go back to whatever, you know, would be normal, uh, how much of this new technology and new stuff do you think you will keep in place uh, next year even, or you just go back to the way things used to be? Um, I don't know. I guess that would be a decision that we would talk about when the time comes, but um so far so good with how it's been working for us i do like um kind of like the camaraderie that comes in to doing team video in the locker room because the girls like can ask questions or ask to rewind like or fast forward or um like if there's like a funny we put all our goals in the team video too like a little a hype video so we'll watch like our goals for and our goals against and it's just nice to see like the girls smile and laugh or like if someone has if someone like um I don't know like does something really funny in a game or something sometimes we'll put there that in the video too so it's nice to have that team camaraderie but um I guess we'll see time will tell uh knowing that for the most part high school hockey was shut down everywhere except Wisconsin and you coached team Wisconsin was it weird being a, a coach over there in Minnesota and like watching us play yeah, um, I was jealous, but <laughs> um, it was nice because I got to watch a lot of the girls on my TW play, like on Live Barn and stuff, that I don't normally have time to watch them during the season. Um, but if I'm correct, not everybody in Wisconsin is playing, right? Like I know the Rock County girls made um, – uh, uh like a traveling team or something. Yeah, there's... And Madison's um, not playing. Yeah, there's four teams that are out this year. The Rock County Fury, uh, the Cap City Cougars, um, the Madison Metro Lynx, and the, I believe, the Icebergs Co-op, uh, all in the Madison area. Those four teams are out this year. Um, some of them are playing co-ops as their regular like still under that name and then uh, there's one other co-op the the dane county diamonds that got formed to to fill that in because in those cases yeah the school districts at some of those schools uh they have an approved 
high school sports yet. And in some, because they're a co-op, um, only certain schools have, like the Madison Metro Lynx, um, I believe Verona and Middleton are both playing on the boys' side, but because of who's all in the co-op, they're not playing on the girls' side because um, they don't have enough with That's just sucks. those two. So, um, and someone will correct me if I'm wrong on that. But well, yeah. the players that would have been like on the Metro Links are usually kind of on like the Diamonds team the, down there in the Madison area. Cap City is playing under their own name. Um, Rock County Fury's playing Waha under their name. So, you know, that's such a bummer for this... those girls. It is. Yeah. Uh, we had four teams uh, that, that, that won't be playing the, the WIA uh, tournament series for the girls. And then uh, on the boys' side, I think it was five, five or six. All right. And then I wanted to get to this. Uh, you wrote a book. Um, uh, Mark Thorne, who was on a few weeks ago, president of the Wisconsin Girls Hockey Coaches Association, said he bought like copies for his whole team. Um, yeah, he did. That was so 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 nice of him. Such a good coach. Uh, tell us about that. Um, well, basically, it's inspired. So I actually I have a master's degree in health and wellness management, um, and a lot of people don't necessarily maybe not like realize but like they know it's there but they don't maybe understand how big of a part like the mental game how big of a part um like your mentality plays in your performance um so basically when corona started um a lot of my tw girls were really concerned because i do the college advising for tw too so a lot of my girls um just developed a lot of like anxiety and concern over are they going to be placed be able to find a spot in college and a lot of these um, hockey teams were kind of holding off on recruiting and then there was the dead period for division one schools and um, you know they were these schools were saying well we're going to wait and see what's going to happen with our season because we're going to give our seniors another chance next year maybe we'll let them red shirt Um, so just like so much uncertainty, which caused a lot of anxiety for them. And then, you know, hockey is such a mental release for these kids that play. I mean, even for me as a coach, I didn't realize I've never gone like more than three months without being on the ice. And then all of a sudden you go for this super long stretch and you're like, wow, like I didn't realize how much like I need this as a mental outlet. Like it's just an hour or two a day where you can think about nothing else other than just being on the ice. Um, so a lot of my girls were struggling and basically I just wrote the book because, um, I wanted to share tools with them that I've learned throughout like my master's degree and just something that like, cause like through my education, I was like, would think so many times I'd be like, oh my gosh, if I would have known this in high school, I could have been such a better athlete or like, I would have been so much more mentally tough and able to like withstand so much more, um, so I basically just wrote it and, and it's short and sweet and to the point and it's just designed to be five, 10 minutes a day. Um, but something that is helpful for them to help get them back on track to being uh, mentally tough, something to help them get ready for the season, whether, you know, like, cause at the time when I wrote it, people didn't know if they were going to be playing or not. So, um, 
it was really honestly inspired by my TW girls. All right. And what's the name of that book? It's Lion Mind. It's on Amazon. Um, yeah, Lion Mind by Brianna Seibel. It's got a big picture of a lion on the front. So last so year... So everyone go buy it. Yes, everyone <laughs> go buy it. Uh, last year, Stillwater um, went 19-4-1. and uh, That's a damn good season. Are you guys looking for more of the same this year? Yeah, so last year was we got a whole new coaching staff, um, which was awesome. We won our conference for the first time in a really long time and actually beat a very, very, very good um, high school team in the conference championship. And we, like, we smoked them. Um, but, yes, we're looking for the same thing this year. We've, um, we're very young this year. I think we have seven freshmen on our team. Um, but we've got really good leadership up top. We've got great juniors and sophomores, and our freshmen are very talented. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can do once. We had one game. We have another game on Tuesday. Um, we only get to play conference games this year, so we won't really have, like, a chance to test the teams in other conferences or anything like that. So we just got to make sure that we're ready when it gets down to the um, section playoffs and stuff like that. How long is the, the Minnesota High School League season going to run this year? I think it's 13 weeks. Our our state tournament is like the March 29th week. Oh, wow. You so see, they, they did push it way back. Usually it's mm-hmm. you know, a couple weeks ahead of that. So yeah, Because the Wisconsin State Tournament this year is happening in the middle of February, um, earlier yeah. than normal. So, yeah. When, when we're done with hockey, then we can just start watching Minnesota like they did at the start of the season. <laughs> exactly. All of our games are live streamed too, so you guys can, I don't know um, how much interest there is, but all of our games are live streamed on our social media on Stillwater Girls Hockey. Like I've, I've been telling people all season, hockey is hockey. It doesn't matter who's playing. Just if there's hockey on, throw it up on your TV or your computer and watch it. Yes, and let me tell you something. Um, last year in our, I don't know what game it was. It was like a conference game that we had to win. We were playing Woodbury, which is a, a neighboring town and their goalie absolutely stood on their head. And we played the five o'clock game and the boys were coming in the fans for the boys game at seven o'clock were coming in because we had gone into overtime with this team. We were just out shooting them like a million to nothing basically but their goalie was just outstanding like had to have had the best game of her life well we ended up we were down by I don't know two we were down by two goals I think it was two zero and with uh, like two minutes left we scored then we took a timeout and we scored again to tie it up with like 30 seconds left or something like that and then we went into overtime and won in overtime and those fans were going crazy and the, like, they couldn't believe. They're like, oh, my God, girls can play hockey like this? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pulled up the score sheet while you were talking. You guys outshot them 42-21. to 21. And, yeah, you scored at 15-26 and 6-06 of the third period to tie it back up. So that would have been a fun game to watch. So right. are yeah, you, packed house, too. Are you having a tournament this year? 
A state tournament? Yeah. With... As far as I know. Oh, okay. Because we're, we're, we're not really doing that. Um, well, everything except the championship games will yeah, be we're having, we're having just, the... like, just like the regular playoffs. Yeah, we're having a tournament, just not all in one place. Only yeah. the championship oh. games will be actually at a tournament location this year, for the Wisconsin anyway. Oh, I guess I don't know. Maybe I don't know if Minnesota's made a decision yet, but if someone on here knows and wants to let me know, <laughs> that would be good. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think that's everything for, for Brianna tonight. Uh, thank you. And uh, good luck. Yeah, we haven't seen you probably yeah, since thanks, last guys. state tournament. So. Yeah, thanks for having me, and um, good luck to all the Wisconsin teams this year. I have my favorite teams, but I won't say. But <laughs> well, you're from. All right, see you guys later. You're from New right. Richmond, right? New Richmond? I am from New Richmond. Okay. Yes. So I'm gonna guess New Richmond and Western Wisconsin, but you know that's just a guess. I can't reveal my favorites because I have too many TW girls across the state. That would be very <laughs> disappointed. I, actually, here's my favorite. My favorite team is my favorite. I only have favorite players, not favorite teams, actually. I changed well, my mind. Fair. That's fair. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all my TW girls are my favorites in Wisconsin. All right. Well, thank right. you to right, Brianna like... Seibel, uh, assistant coach at Stillwater, assistant coach for Team Wisconsin. She's got a book, Lion Mind, on uh, Amazon. Go pick it up, if you, especially if you need help with mental wellness, as many of us do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. See you yep. later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All righty. Um, back to our regular scheduled business. Uh, there were games last week. There were players that had outstanding games, uh, outstanding weeks. And Dell is going to tell us about two of them. Our Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg Players of the Week. On the girls' side, they played two games. Their first game was on Tuesday, where she had two assists and a 4-3 to loss to the Eau Claire Area Stars. And then on Saturday... She had four goals and a seven to one win over Superior. And our girls player of the week is Nikki Oland, a senior forward from Hudson. Also nominated this week on the girls' side was Samantha Federici from Central Wisconsin Storm. On the boys' side, we have a goalie as the player of the week. On Tuesday, he had 18 saves and a five to nothing win over Beaver Dam. On Thursday, he had 20 saves and a three to nothing win over Marquette. And then Saturday, he had 36 saves and a four to one win over Hudson. And the goalie is Zach Walker from Madison Edgewood. And I forgot also to nominated... write it in the notes, but he is also a senior. He's just a senior. Also nominated this week is was Avery Starzecki from Amory, Noah Pickard from St. Mary Springs, and Colin Cormieux, Cormeau from Onalaska. And that is our Wyndham Garden Madison Fitchburg Players of the Week. And, and I believe that uh, 
that win, um, Madison Edgewood, four to one win over Hudson. Uh, that's Hudson's first loss on the season. Yeah, they're now ten and one. So that's that's how you start your season. Uh, four goals is also the most Hudson has allowed this season. The previous hiving three to Chippewa Falls. They only did that once. They've only allowed two once. Every other game was one or zero. Um, so good game by Edgewood after playing. You know, we talked about Edgewood a bit last week, how they're playing a very, very tough schedule this year, and uh, their record reflected that. Um, they had lost a lot of those tough games. Uh, they started the season 0-4, uh, won a couple games, then lost another one badly to Fond du Lac Springs. Since then, they're 6-0, um, turning it on. Um, and this week, they've got uh, Verona on Saturday before playing uh, the Madison, the West Madison Polar Caps on, on Friday. So Verona will be another good test for Edgewood. And with that, I guess we'll give it. let Junior continue on with our top sixes for the week. All right. This week, our top sixes, I didn't even look at last week, so I don't know if they're different. Uh, Hudson is still number one. They are not unanimous this week. They lost a game. They lost a vote. Uh, University School is second. Notre Dame is third. Chippewa Falls is fourth. KMMO is fifth. And Madison Edgewood is sixth. Uh, for the boys, uh, St. Mary Springs is still unanimous at number one in D2. Uh, Lakeland is second. Superior is third. Rice Lake is fourth. Hayward is fifth. And Mosini is sixth. And for the girls, unanimous again, the Fox City Stars. Uh, second is Western Wisconsin. Uh, third is Central Wisconsin. Fourth is Hudson. Fifth is Chippewa Falls Menominee. And sixth is St. Croix Valley. Um, the girls... I've never had that much fun tabulating the girls' top six or top ten before. Um, other than Fox City's being unanimous at number one, there is no consensus to where two through six land. <laughs> Actually, there's no consensus to where two through seven land. The gap, the gap in the votes between one and two is the same as the gap in the votes between two and six. So other well, than because they keep they keep beating each other. Yeah, they do. They keep. They just. Yeah. It's, they're they're playing a round robin where nobody wants first place. Um, it, like Fox Cities was, you know, the unanimous number one. But I don't think, you know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and you know, they're my vote for the number one. But I don't think anybody is like supremely confident about it. They graduated twelve girls last year. Um, but yeah, everybody else. Uh, Western Wisconsin has a second place. Has multiple second place votes. Central Wisconsin had multiple second place votes. Uh, someone else, Hudson, had a second-place vote. Chippewa Falls Menominee had a second-place vote. And these aren't from their own coach. Um, and I was looking, you know, comparing the, the scores, going through, you know, look, yeah, I mean, like two of the teams are, you just mentioned, I mean, they they played twice and they split. You know? Well, that was Chippewa Falls and uh, the Fusion played twice that week and uh, Chippewa Falls won the ga first game and then St. Croix won the second one. Uh, they'd lost to Western Wisconsin Stars, but then they beat the Eau Claire area Stars this yeah. week. You know, so last, they last, two week, two. last week, Eau Claire area was second, and this week they're not on the list. Last week, Central Wisconsin wasn't on the list, and this year, this week they're, what did I just say, third? Yeah. It's like two through seven. They just, 
coach is just pulling names out of hats because there's no better way to do it. Um, and yeah, that's it. It should be a fun when it comes to tournament time. Now, you know, an addendum to what we were saying before is, um, those teams aren't all in the same section anymore. Uh, a couple teams got moved down south, uh, the Eau Claire area stars. And I think of those teams that they got, they got knocked out of section one into section three, uh, because with the four Madison area teams that aren't playing uh, a WIA season this year, they had to redo the, the, the sections. So, Eau Claire area moves from section one down to section three and Wisconsin Valley union moves from section two down to section three. And now there are six teams in the girls, uh, four divisions each. So a clean 24 teams, uh, in the bracket. And, uh, on the boys division two, Fond du Lac Springs was able to avenge their only loss this week with their win over USM. USM had beat them earlier in the year, and so they were able to avenge that loss. And yeah, they there have... are. Um, I was just you know following along on Facebook comments and Twitter comments on stuff to you know things we post. Uh, there is a healthy uh, group of people who believe that the Division Two Fond du Lac Springs Ledgers are the best boys hockey team in the state, and um, I I would not have agreed with that. Last week, this week, that's very well possible. Um, uh, I mean, Edgewood is a good team, but they knocked off number one Hudson, and Springs avenged the only loss they had. So, you know, they very well may be the best team in the state. How about Superior jumping into number three? They didn't even start until January. They they actually went two and one this week. They had posted wins over Wausau West and New Richmond. Their only loss came to Hermantown out of Minnesota this week. Uh, Hermantown is currently the, ranked number one in uh, uh, Division One A in Minnesota. So that's not like they're not. Hermantown's never a slouch. Hermantown. Hermantown is the Duluth East of the lower division in Minnesota. You know, Duluth East is always up near the top in, in double A. Hermantown is that same spot in A, which makes sense because, you know, the only thing separating Hermantown from the rest of Duluth is the mall. If I have and, my geography right. And New Richmond, you know, they, they actually had a nice week this week. They went two and one to improve their record to eight and three. Um, Posted wins over Hayward, Menominee, and then had their loss to Superior. Uh, Fond du Lac Springs picked up three wins this week. Oshkosh, Fond du Lac, and USM. I just look going over, wondering if Fond du Lac Springs had a chance to play Hudson at all this year. But I see their next two games are against Nina Hortonville, Menasha, and then Marquette, Edgewood, and Brookfield. It's hard to believe that when we get to, to next weekend, basically we're a month away from the state tournament. Oh, that means we have to think about like awards and stuff. That's where Wisconsin Propaki hits the panic button and realizes all the stuff <laughs> we have to do before the state <laughs> tournament. Gets done early. Yeah. 
Yeah, because like in a normal season, we wouldn't even send an email to the coaches about you know our end of the year awards until basically the end, end of January. January. Yeah, I think February first was always our panic time. Oh yeah, we got to <laughs> do that. So now that's next week. Yeah. All right. Fun. Speaking of awards, oh, uh, it's time to oh, remind you again. A plus transition. Time to remind you again. <laughs> about the Hobie Baker High School Character Awards. Um, uh, the goal, again, of the Hobie Baker High School Character Award is to develop, recognize, and reward exemplary character and sportsmanship demonstrated by our high school hockey players. Uh, the high school level award is a natural extension of the prestigious Hobie Baker Memorial Award given to the nation's top collegiate hockey player, and sportsmen. Um, again, it's requested that each coach uh, submit a player. Uh, so it doesn't necessarily have to be the top, you know, skill player on your team, but every team has uh, somebody with the character and sportsmanship and attitude um, that uh, goes along with this award. And especially this year um, where things are so out of whack. Uh, we really do encourage all of the coaches to submit a player. The, the deadline for this is coming up quickly. It is February 1st. Uh, like so that's normally when we panic and start thinking about our awards, but you already have to have your nomination in by February 1st. I will try to get a hold of Jim Hayes uh, before next week's program to see how many uh, nominees he's actually received so far from Wisconsin. But like, as we've talked before, there, especially this year, there's, there's no excuse uh, not to nominate somebody on your team for this award. I've just taken a glance over Hudson's schedule for this upcoming week with having suffered their first loss of the season on Saturday to Edgewood. And I see tomorrow night they're hosting River Falls. And I'm, I'm like, not sure I really want to be River Falls tomorrow night. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Uh, you start the season 10 and 0, you're the unanimous number one in the state, and then you lose. I wouldn't want to be whoever they play next. Um, you know, they got Eau Claire Memorial after that. And then Matamidi, Chippewa Falls, River Falls again, and University School. So. Uh, they're not taking the gas off against the the opponents at any point during this the, the rest of this season. So is Matamida their only only Minnesota team that they're going to end up keeping on their schedule? If that one's still, uh, I can't say that that one's actually still on their schedule, other than the fact it shows oh. on our site. I mean, it was probably put there at the beginning of the season when the schedule was first made. I don't know if they're still playing it at this point. It's still on well, there. Because I know, like, I mean, like Superior had a had a lot of Minnesota schools on their well on their initial schedule at the start of the the season, and those all got canceled or postponed. But um, I mean, like I said, they they played Hermantown. They're playing Duluth East, so they they do they are keeping some of the the later scheduled games. Yeah, I don't I don't know if this is one that's still going to happen or if it's one that just didn't get taken off when things got changed. Um, and I'd say we could just go look at the, you know, the Minnesota Hockey Hub, but our sites are linked, so if it's on our schedule, it's going to be on theirs. Yeah, the teams are the same. So, 
Anything else, Dell? Uh, I, I was just looking to see what, I, no, since Notre Dame didn't play this past week, I was trying to see when their next game shows up on their schedule. And actually, they've got their game against Verona, was canceled this past Saturday, and they don't have anything on the schedule for this next week. It has two to be determines, and then a final game on the 28th against Stevens Point. That's odd. Maybe things had to be canceled. Well, I think part of it is, is you know, it's probably a stretch of their season where they play a couple of Michigan t- teams or tournaments or, and stuff. So that's probably one thing that's going on. They Yeah, they usually make a trip over to Michigan um, in late January. And then and I see... Have you noticed that our, our D2 and girls rankings show a strong Northwestern bias? Yep. <laughs> Lakeland, Superior, Rice Lake, Hayward, and Mosinee. Mosinee is central, but everything else is north and west of Mosinee except for Springs. And then the girls outside of Fox City is western Wisconsin, central Wisconsin, Hudson, Chippewa Falls, Menominee, St. Croix Valley. It's again, central Wisconsin obviously is fairly cent- Wausau is fairly centrally located, but everything else is north and west. Um, just curious, has anybody ha- had a chance to see Ash Wabanon at all? I watched... Well, I've posted some of their overtime winners. Cole Altergott seems to like to win games in overtime. Um, I watched uh, some of their game with DePier and I think their game with Bayport. I, I was just kind of looking at it. I, I see that their last... Their, their, where they had their game against Notre Dame and that was a 5-3 to three loss and then they lost it to appear three to one but I, I, I when i looked at the standings i just happened to notice they were one game behind uh notre dame in the conference and so i was just kind of curious as to what they're how they, they were looking yeah and, 10 and 4 they're they're actually having a nice season they're not as consistent um as i think they would like to be um you know but outside of Notre Dame, Bayport, and DePierre, they are undefeated. They've beaten Stevens Point. Stevens Point got a couple votes. They didn't make the top six, but Stevens Point got votes this week. They've beaten Mosinee, who's uh, ranked in the in the, the Division Two. Um, they've beaten Mosinee twice. Um, so, no, they're not they're not a slouch. Um, they're that's a the the Fox River Classic is a surprisingly tough conference. Uh, Notre Dame, Bayport. Um, Ashwaubenon and DePierre. They're all solid hockey teams. Well, that's all I've got for this week. I, I've asked my questions that I have. And have but lots of questions about me, oh, but God. that's besides the point. The only thing questionable about you is your hair. I think if you and Burglar averaged out your hair, you'd have like normal hair. Yeah, I gave up on it years ago. Um, anyway, that'll do it uh, for this episode, This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Again, we'd like to thank our guest, Brianna Seibel, um, from Team Wisconsin and Stillwater, Minnesota. Um, and, of course, a regular panel. And uh, I'd say hopefully MJ will be back next week, but 
Hard to say with MJ. Um, you might be on an adventure again. So, uh, the, the, anyway. The, what I have to do between when Mini Might Practice ends and this show starts to get my kids fed and bathed and in bed and me not looking like I just came from hockey practice. And he, I, it bothers me that he's not here tonight. So if anybody wants to tell MJ that, I'm bothered. All right. Uh, until next week, you've been listening to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey.